You are listening to Superman. Superman. Why? Yes, because it's the Superman Celebration. You can find out all the details of it at supermancelebration.net. But it's pretty exciting down in Metropolis, you know, since the town is named Metropolis, <laughs> and since that's where Superman lives, they have a whole museum, and then they regularly have their celebration. They usually have, like, something like 40,000 people come there. Yeah, it's big. It's huge. I've never been there yet. I'd actually, if anyone is going, <laughs> yeah, my number is 525-0625. <laughs> I'll ride along with you. <laughs> and it's something, it's like the 30th anniversary in Metropolis. Yeah. And it's it's exciting this year. You know, I'm actually tempted to go this year if I can get a ride because it's, you know, the new Superman movie coming out and, like, the guy who plays Lex Luthor on Smallville is going to be there. And <laughs> I didn't know you were so topped into pop culture. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not usually. There's a few things, like, there's one or two things from when I was younger that are still my favorites. And so those I'm tuned in on. Are you going to go see the new Superman movie? Oh, yeah, I am. I'm going to see it on opening day, and I'm going to see it in a Superman costume. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From their museum, actually, like, you know, they have, like, Superman memorabilia. So I got the new style of Superman costume. There's a new style? Yeah, his costume in this one, because it's a new guy and a new movie and all that, it looks a little different. Oh. It's it's similar, but cooler. <laughs> So, super anarchism. Yeah. I've also, yeah, people have already seen me in my super anarchist costume, which is black, and it's got a black and crimson cape, and a, instead of a circle A, it's got a, you know, a diamond A, kind of like Superman. <laughs> well, what other happenings do we have? Happenings. Um, well, today... Today, yes, we have today at the Big Muddy IMC, we have Free Film Fridays. <laughs> See, I'm making you say it now. <laughs> yeah, and this week we have one called True Stories, which I've never seen, but it's for the whole month of June we have this music theme at the IMC. And like True Stories, it's like the talking heads, a uh, movie related to them. But I guess the story is they, like, they go to this fictional small town and like they're just looking at the interesting lives of the people there and music is involved and comedy and drama so it's sort of a mix of genres but it sounds really fun <laughs> so that's tonight at 7 p.m at 214 north washington in carbondale and my happening isn't till the 23rd through the 25th of this month but it's the renewable energy and sustainable living fair Join us for their 17th Annual Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair, June 23rd through the 25th, 2006. Oh, yes. The fair will again be held at the Renew the Earth Institute um, in Custer, Wisconsin, just seven miles east of Stevens Point. The event um, is each year thousands of people from around the world celebrate the summer solstice at MREA's Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair. This three-day festival is the world's largest venue to learn about renewable energy, energy efficiency, and sustainable living. Yes. And like they like to say, the best darn energy fair in the universe. <laughs> yeah. They and don't I say it with an accent. but Yeah, well, they probably say it with a, if it's in Wisconsin, a Wisconsin accent. <laughs> Let me see you try to do it. Oh, I, I, it's such a nuanced accent, I'm not quite refined best enough. Darn, best <laughs> darn tootin' energy fair in the universe. <laughs> yeah. No, that didn't work. 
But so. yeah, oh, actually, the word is spreading about that, too, because on one of the email lists I'm on, I got this big announcement saying, oh, you've got to go to the, the Renewable Energy Fair. And well, have them contact me. I'm going to try to pack the 12-passenger van full of people mm-hmm. and go up there. If I get the van full, then I'll have to put my stuff that I sell in a trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I fill up half the van with stuff to sell. But um, if you want more information about the Energy Fair, their website is the, T-H-E, dash, M-R-E-A, dot org. So... Any other happenings? Yes, we have a community calendar item. The Peace Coalition video and discussion series will show a letter to the Prime Minister, Joe Wilding's diary from Iraq. This event is on this coming Wednesday, June 14th at 7 p.m. at the Interfaith Center, which is on the corner of Grand and Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Joe Wilding, a law student and international activist, first traveled to Iraq in 2001 to witness the effects of the sanctions. She returned to witness the bombing and invasion, returned a year later to observe the occupation, and establish a circus to help with trauma in children. In April 2004, she traveled to Fallujah during the siege. Discussion and refreshments will follow the screening. This is sponsored by the Peace Coalition, Southern Illinois. For more information, you can contact George Ann at 893 Four nine seven three. Sounds like a really exciting event, e- even just purely for the, uh, you know, this person themselves being there. It sounds interesting, but then the actual video too. <laughs> they're gonna actually be there. Yeah. Well then. Well, the they're gonna have the video, at least. But the video is very exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, very sad. But it's exciting to actually have this documented so that people know what's going on over there. Yep. Something close to my heart. Support an extension of the federal solar tax credits. The U.S. House and Senate have introduced identical bills to extend the federal solar investment tax credits created in the Energy Policy Act of 2005. To extend that for another additional eight years, that's through 2015. Um, what these tax credits are is, well, currently, it's on commercial or industrial buildings, it's 30% of the cost of the system you can write off on your taxes, or for a residential system, it's $2,000 you can write off on your taxes. So it is substantial. The title of the legislation is Securing America's Energy Independence Act. Yes, <laughs> energy independence. Uh, the Senate Act is uh, Senate... 2677, and then the House is HR 5206. The extension would provide the solar incentives for a meaningful period of time to help advance solar energy technologies. Please call, fax, email, or just generally ask your senators and representatives to co-sponsor this legislation. Yes. It's the, the Independence Act but securing America's energy independence act. Yes. <laughs> so, so we can have, you know, energy independence day and every day can be energy independence day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> solar is fun stuff. I was actually just thinking of solar um, because, you know, someday I'd like to get an electric vehicle and then I'd like to have a solar panel to recharge the electric vehicle. 
So that'd be very fun. Or you could just have a few monkeys. <laughs> I, they had some kind of... Uh, people have been joking about Priuses, you know. How are they powered? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, smart people say you know, off of batteries and gasoline. Yeah. But some people are saying, you know, they have rats in a cage. Yeah, a little hamster. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. They must have a lot of rats because those things can fly. Yeah. <laughs> a couple days ago, I was um, following uh, a guy from the Department of Natural Resources. Can they fly like Superman? <laughs> <laughs> he was in a, it was like a lime green Prius. I'm sure it has a different color than lime green. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Electric green, probably. Electric green. Electric green. <laughs> but man, that Prius... It, it got going. Yeah. Yeah, they've got good, uh, I mean, they've got good speed, but they've also got good pickup, too. People don't even realize. <laughs> so right. let's see, any other happenings? or? I don't have any other happenings, but I do have an action alert. Da, 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 da. This is from the Earth Action Center. Stay informed, speak out, make a difference. <laughs> Welcome to the NRDC's Earth Action Center. Here you'll find all the tools, tips, and information you need to help protect the Earth's extraordinary wealth of natural resources. To receive their free bi-weekly email alert on urgent issues needing your immediate at- action, you can join their Earth Action Network. This action this week is speak out to support higher fuel efficiency in our cars and trucks. Even as gas prices continue to rise, Congress and the Bush administration are trying to weaken fuel economy laws that would help protect consumers at the pump. Urge your representative to support legislation that would strengthen these laws. The Earth Action Center is available online at dub3 www.nrdc.org slash action. Yes. So, um... I receive, you know, weekly emails from them on different happenings. Sometimes they're not actions. They're just letting you know about different things. But every once in a while, there is an action. And lately, there's been a lot of them. (laughs) Yes. So, um, I guess we don't have any other happenings except a couple days ago was World Ocean Day. World Ocean Day. And then... um, a week, about a week ago, I want to say, maybe not the week ago, at least the fifth, was uh, World Environment Day. <laughs> and since the, we in the U.S., um, you know, aren't part of the world, <laughs> um, you know, most of us didn't celebrate it. Yeah. Well, I, I, had ce- I celebrated it kind of accidentally by riding my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did think of one, one last happening, the... Uh, I believe it's called the Allied Media Conference. There's a media conference coming up on the 23rd to 25th that has to do with independent hey, and wait, grassroots. that's my energy fair. Yes. <laughs> we could have a tug of war. We'll see. There's just so many good things to go to that all of Southern Illinois could gather up and go to these conferences. That's true. <laughs> we could divide and compare notes and when we get back. But you can... I'm probably going and if not i know people who are so if you're interested in more info on that my you can contact me either treesong at treesong.org or 525-0625 you're just throwing your number out all over the place yep yeah well it's, i've got this phone right in front of me here so 
I may as well use it. <laughs> All right, today's tip. Every once in a while, I come up with one of these little tips. Okay. <laughs> so nobody can be totally chemical-free. <laughs> but we here at Your Community Spirit try to reduce our exposure to toxins as much as possible. <laughs> yes. Um, if you listen to Your Community Spirit, it is 100% organic, totally non-toxic, <laughs> Kind of weird, but non-toxic. Yes. So, you probably already know that one of the biggest collections of toxins is right in your home. Hmm. Not you. Not Yeah, not you. <laughs> Thankfully, science is not far behind in knowing this, too. Lucky for you, the Environmental Health Association of Nova Scotia has published the Guide to Less Toxic Products, a website and an extraordinary compilation of alternative products and homemade solutions, plus loads of great resources and simple tips on how to help you stay healthy. The online resource is lesstoxicguide.ca for Canada, lesstoxicguide.ca, or if you want to find uh, different businesses, go to saferprojects.org. And that tells you, like, wood and paint and stuff to fix up your house that are, well, less toxic. Yes, less toxic. That's an easy-to-remember name, too, lesstoxicguide.ca. <laughs> yeah, the CA part's hard to remember. Yeah. For me, you know, since I'm an Internet geek, I know automatically CA Canada. But <laughs> Well, how about the other one, saferprojects.org? Yeah, that's If you're a good going one to too. build something... You want a safer project. Yeah, safer project. Use, you know, sustainably harvested wood, low toxic paint. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot of wood has uh, glue in it, actually. It's mm -hmm. toxic for you. So I think that's pretty much it, except uh, news. Yep. Let's hit the news. News. Da-da-da. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> should I say? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> You're pretty good at that. <laughs> So let's see. In the news, uh, let's see. Winning and declining. Whining and declining? <laughs> what? Oh, the title of the story. Whining and declining. <laughs> yes, uh, I see. It is whining and declining. Global warming screws up wine country. <laughs> Bad news for, oh, I don't even know this word, oenophiles? Wine lovers, I guess, maybe? <laughs> Bad news for oenophiles. Global warming is messing with wine country. Wine grapes are highly temperature sensitive, and if the globe gets much hotter, which smart folks are saying that it will, <laughs> famed wine-producing regions like France's Burgundy and California's Napa Valley may lose optimum climate for their grape varieties. Already, warmer temperatures in southern Spain are driving grape growers to shade their vineyards develop heat-resistant grapes, and in some cases, move to the mountains. Climate change could reduce the world's viable grape-growing regions by nearly 80% by the end of the century. Of course, other regions may then warm up enough to become prime wine country. In the U.S., those could include upstate New York, coastal Michigan, the Puget Sound area in Washington State, and Virginia. Meanwhile, dozens of vineyards in California are doing their bit to address the problem by running irrigation systems on solar power. Straight to the source, USA Today, 
2nd of June, 2006. Well, you were talking about global warming, and I've actually got here the four stages of global warming denial. <laughs> denial. Denial number one. Global warming doesn't exist. It's just not happening. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Stage two. Okay. It's happening, but, you know, humans aren't causing it. <laughs> Stage three. Okay. Humans are causing it, but there's nothing we can do about it. We can't go back to the Stone Age. That would ruin our economy. It's <laughs> worse to act than not to act, etc. And stage four are the four stages of global warming denial. Okay, it is possible with technology, efficiency, and conservation, and smart planning to do something about it. But it's going to hurt the bottom line of dirty corporations. <laughs> These are the four stages of global warming denial, and it may be a common problem or common pattern for lots of people when it comes to the topic, even when they're presented with cold, <laughs> hard facts. Yes. The four <laughs> stages of global warming denial brought to you by treehugger.com. <laughs> global warming denial. <laughs> yes, I... And so that's the stage five would be the post-denial stage where you realize that you can live more ecologically and more economically at the same time. <laughs> well, I think that's stage one of acceptance. Right? Yeah, stage one of acceptance. <laughs> yeah, we, we should... Maybe we should come up with the four stages of acceptance then. You know, then stage four is, you know, establishing a bioregional society based on, you know, ecological principles. <laughs> Ecotopia. Yeah, Ecotopia. Stage four of the acceptance of <laughs> global warming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But first, let's get through the stages of denial. <laughs> so let's see. Speaking of climate change, this next story is called Covering Their Assets. <laughs> yes, Covering Their Assets. <laughs> Little pun in there, I'm guessing. <laughs> Insur insurers must address climate change or face trouble, big UK firm warns. Lloyds of London, the world's oldest insurance market. Yeah, I've actually heard of them, so they must be big. <laughs> Yesterday warned UK insurers that they are in danger of being, quote, swept away by future global warming-related financial claims. In a report punctually titled, quote, Climate Change, Adapt or Bust. <laughs> That's the actual title. <laughs> Lloyd's encouraged insurers to adjust coverage calculating strategies to factor in future climate change scenarios instead of basing them on historical data. Some risks, like flooding in vulnerable coastal areas, are likely enough that the report suggests providers restrict or entirely withdraw coverage in those areas. Swept away indeed. Quote, if we don't take action now to understand the changing nature of our planet, insurers will face extinction, said Lloyd's director, Rolf Tolley. Straight to the source, The Guardian, 6th of June, 2006. So, insurers may go extinct. <laughs> well, kelp, I need somebody. Kelp, I need somebody. Two days ago was World Ocean Day, and the water deep could use some help. Happy World Ocean Day. You, land dweller, have pitifully limited living space. The surface of the globe you ramble on is some 71% salt water. And the depths plunge down to as far as seven miles. These deep and dark blue seas and their myriad creatures are in jeopardy from overfishing, polluted runoff, climate change, and other land dweller faux pas. 
But don't despair, we could reverse these trends with the citizen-driven movement to protect the oceans. A seaweed revolution. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mother Jones magazine invites you to take a virtual ocean voyage from the waters off Guana to West Africa, where you'll chase fish pirates ahoy to polar bear territory in the Arctic Ocean and beyond. Hop aboard for the... For you see, blue is the new green. <laughs> blue is the new green. Remember Earth Day? Very 20th century, kind of retrograde. <laughs> Might as well call it Soil Day. Don't get me wrong, I understand where this prejudice comes from. I'm a bipedular... Pedaler... <laughs> bipedular air breather just like you. Yep. <laughs> Still, on June 8th, World Ocean Day, it's worth remembering that ours is a blue water planet. 71% of the surface and 97% of livable habitat on this ro <laughs> roving round space pool <laughs> is salt water. So if you would like to, well, support, help our oceans, locally support or contact Pam at Conserve Our Ocean Legacy, which stands for cool. Yes, cool. You can contact Pam at 618-457-8722 or go online to dub3oceanlegacy.org. <laughs> yes, and conserving our ocean leg legacy is cool. <laughs> yeah. Where would we be without the ocean? <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, here's, a, here's a good, sort of good story to transition to. And the sand played on. World's deserts will become more deserty, says UN. Happy World Environment Day. We've got you some bad news. <laughs> we got you some bad news, Yes, boys. your gift for World Environment Day is bad news. <laughs> As climate change progresses, desert temperatures will rise up to 12.6 degrees Fahrenheit by the end of the <clears throat> century. Wow. Rainfall in most deserts will decline... By up to 20%, water will become scant or too salty to drink or use for crops. So warns a chipper new United Nations report. These changes could endanger the globe's 500 million desert dwellers and a variety of rare animals, including our new favorite, the, uh, the Asian Hubara Bustard. <laughs> Bustard? I'm going to have to do an internet search and see if I can find a photo of the Asian Hubara Bustard. It's a Bustard? Yes. Who's the dad? <laughs> B, no, B-U-S-T-A-R-D. <laughs> Desert, let's see, Desert re regions account for nearly a quarter of the globe's total land surface. And house cities like Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and Phoenix, Arizona. The UN warns of conflict over increasingly scarce resources in these desert areas. On the bright side, haha, <laughs> deserts could boom in solar power. So, bright side, <laughs> solar power? <laughs> With today's technology, a 310 square mile area of the Sahara could generate enough solar energy to power the entire world. Wow. Straight to the source, the Guardian, the Independent, Reuters. 5th of June, 2006, and the sand played on. Wearewhatwedo.org <laughs> 50 actions to change the world and make you feel good. And all for $5? <laughs> $5. Sign us up. 
change the world for a fiver. A fiver. Change the world for a fiver by What We Are, What We Do. An inner-city community-based charity in London is a fantastic book that helps readers act locally and think globally. Their mission is not to raise money, but to shift attitudes and day-to-day behavior. And that's exactly what this book helps you do. It charms you into feeling good by making you, well, do good. Yes, do good and feel good. Plant a tree, learn one good joke, shop locally, don't overfill your kettle. Say hooray, hooray, hurrah, hurrah, <laughs> regularly. So, I'm actually going to give you this. This book is available online at... I just forgot. <laughs> Wearewhatwedo.org. Yes, wearewhatwedo.org. And you're going to read one of the things that is from the book. Yes, the Vida Local. Yeah. <laughs> Live in la vida local. <laughs> Yes, and I've actually. Where did I see that? I've seen, I've seen that La Vida Local before, <laughs> but finally, a friendly food diet. The 100-mile diet is a Canadian concept where locavores, <laughs> local eaters, pledge to eat only food grown or produced within a 100-mile radius. James McKinnon and Alyssa Smith first started the diet in spring of 2005 as a reaction to the fact that the average North American ingredient has traveled 1,500 miles. Say that again? The average North American ingredient has traveled 1,500 miles. See, that's why I say I will eat locally before I'll eat organically. Because even though the food might be really good for me, it's not good for the planet. Yes. So that's why we've got to work on local and ecological growing within the same (laughs) veggie. Within the same veggie, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Now you're talking. So this couple ate a lot of potatoes and made a lot of friends, but as yet do not have a UK chapter. <laughs> but you can show, uh, let's see, but they can show them farmers markets, veggie boxes, and restaurants like Konstam, which is sourcing all its food within the M25, and and they can turn it into a movement that way. <laughs> the website for that is www dot one hundred mile diet dot o r g and I actually I whenever I can I eat local veggies from the farmers market or from the co-op because I it's really exciting to see the seasons change and then all the new veggies come in. <laughs> I actually got an email about three or four days ago from a friend of mine in Wisconsin that actually I don't know if they're following that diet but they said <laughs> they are trying to eat within a hundred miles of their home. Yeah. Actually, maybe they said 250 miles, but it was just, you know, within so many miles of their home. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh, that's got to be kind of hard, no? (laughs) But then I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff growing locally. Yeah, there is. And there's, like, we can work on developing it more. There's everything from, you know, people think of, let's see, well, like, oh, do we have anything sweet that grows locally? Yeah, we've got fruits and we've got berries and do we have, like, we can grow potatoes here, we can grow wheat and corn and greens. <laughs> like kale even, you know, people think, oh, you can't get any greens in the winter. Kale grows pretty well in cold weather. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have kale year-round at our house. <laughs> yeah, so if you like greens, you can get kale if no other green during the winter. <laughs> yep. 
All right, so it's a beautiful day. Get out into the woods and eat some greens. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you eat the greens that, you know, are good for you. Yeah. It's pretty much anything that um, doesn't kill you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to eat the poison ivy. It's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Actually, if you eat just a very little bit, it makes it so you're not allergic. Ah. <laughs> but you have to... <laughs> be careful how little you eat <laughs> well this has been another exciting and hopefully informative half hour of your community spirit we will be back next week and if you missed part of this show or if you want to let other people know we are online at yourcommunityspirit.org yes so we'll see you out in the sunshine <laughs>